Good evening. It is good to see each and every one of you here with us tonight. Um, I do want to take a moment and thank the elders for this opportunity and I guess in a way Elijah as well for uh, making it through Naval Academy. So <laughs> here we are. Um, but I wanted to spend a few moments tonight um, talking about one of our most important tools that God gives us. And um, to me, that's our ears. Our ears are used for a lot of different things. Um, but most importantly, they're used to hear the word of God and the people around us. And I want to focus on four different groups of people tonight. I want to focus on our neighbors, our children, our brothers and sisters, and ourselves. You know, we often sing a song that goes, each day I'll do a golden deed by helping those who are in need. My life on earth is but a span, and so I'll do the best that I can. How often do we ponder the words that we are singing? Do we think about the words that we sing, or do we just mindly, mindlessly say them due to repetition? Do we consider them even in the most known songs that we have? Do we consider the words of the prayers that some people say? Do we focus on helping those who are in need? No matter how big or small the effort is, it can always be greatly appreciated. Most awfully thankless, but how do we respond to these ways? Let's look at Luke chapter 16 here. Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 19, the text reads, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his tongue, dip the tip of his finger, excuse me, in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great goal fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. 
And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Are we taking the time to reach out to those that are in need? Certainly we may not have one directly at our doorstep like Lazarus, but it can come in many forms in our daily lives. You know, it could be as simple as our next-door neighbor. You all remember when, a few weeks ago, we just had that awfully bitter cold. It got down to, what was it, like negative 30 or something like that. Uh, my smart self decided to go outside and start shoveling my driveway the next day. And it was about that same temperature. But, you know, layers help and um, lots of movement keep you warm. And after a while, my neighbor came outside, and he started working on his uh, big old Duramax next door. Um, that's a diesel truck. And um, he's struggling with it. He's struggling to get it started. He's looking underneath. He's looking under the hood and can't figure it out. And after a while, he hollers over at me and says, man, it's just too cold out, too cold to be working on this. And I agreed with him, but, you know, I kept pushing on. I was sweating at that point. And once I just about had the driveway cleared, um, he hollers over back at me and asks if I had jumper cables. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's give this a shot and see if we can't get this thing started. And so we get to trying on it, and at that point I had shed a few layers to where I like, didn't even have gloves on. And he looks over at me and is like, how can you bear this cold? It's too cold to be working on this engine, and yet you're doing it on your bare skin and everything. And I'm like, man, it's just, I'm too hot. I'm sweating. What else can I do? <laughs> Keep the layers on and then eventually start freezing? No, it's not the smart way to do it. But anyway, we continue on and on, and eventually he just gives up because um, he's just getting too cold at that point. Um, but I could see in his eyes that he was certainly lifted by me just trudging along with him, just encouraging him that we could get it started eventually. But um, that's when we gave up at that point. The key is there that we don't give up on those around us. We show a spirit of trying until the point where we have no further energy, and then we go a little further. Do we do that today? Let's look at James chapter 4. James chapter 4, and in verse 14, the text reads, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. We're not given much time on this earth. So why don't we use the time that we do have to the best of our abilities and help those that are around us listen to each other, show that we care for each other. It doesn't take much. Let's show that. Proverbs chapter 22.
Proverbs chapter 22 and looking at verse 6 here. The text reads, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Are we raising our children today how God would like us to? Some of you new parents, your children are getting older. Are you considering these things? And those with older children, where have you gotten to at this point? Are you still trying as hard as you used to when they were younger? Or are we letting that fall to our Bible class teachers and our preachers? That is only something between you and God. But it doesn't always stop there. Yes, the Bible tells us once we leave our homes and to cleave unto our wives. But we still have to respect our parents, our grandparents, respect the things that they tell us to do. And, and grandparents, aunts, uncles, how do you help teach your brothers, your daughters, children? How do you do that today? Do you still do that? Our work never stops. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 1 here. Proverbs chapter 1 and beginning in verse 8, the text reads, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. We have a God-given commandment to train up our children each and every day. Are we doing that today? You know, we should also do it with the love and care and respect that they deserve. They do deserve that. Albeit at times they do cause us frustration, anguish, lots of emotions. But we are still to care for them. We see in Psalms 127 verse 3 that they are given to us by God with love. Do we remember that each and every day? Or do we hold spite against our children? And as for our Bible class teachers and preachers and anyone who has the opportunity to teach your children, do you do that with the same care and respect? Or do we ignore those responsibilities and say, oh, the next person will do it, or oh, their parents will take care of it at home? We don't really know what's going on at their home, but we can do the best that we can when they are right there in front of us. Can we provide that same effort as if we were one of their parents? I think we can. And do we respect what our mothers and fathers have taught us? Do we can still consider and ponder the lessons that they taught us growing up? Or do we quickly forget those things and think that, yes, we know it all now? 
And most of all, do we neglect what is taught in our Heavenly Father's Bible? Do we? Do we sit here and study God's Word day in and day out? Or do we shelve it as soon as we leave here from the assembly? That is something I can certainly be better at. Can you? I certainly think so. Let's look at Matthew chapter 19 here. Matthew chapter 19 and in verse 14 the text reads, And Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Are we hearing what Jesus is telling us right here to train up our children so that they can find their place in heaven? We don't want to see our children fall away. None of us ever want to think about that. But are we allowing that today? Are we neglecting our children? Do we feel the urgency that we have in this very short life? Life can certainly end as quickly as it started. It's a sad fact, but it is what reality is, and we can't forget that. Or are we just cruising along and hoping that someday we will get to it, someday we'll get to teaching them the Bible, telling them the stories of God? Certainly that time is now for your children. Let's look at John, the third John, excuse me. Third John, verse 4. Third John, verse 4, and the text reads, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. There is no greater joy than to see the fruits of your labor come to fruition. Can we see that today, or do we see something that could be less fruitful? Something that may not even be fruit at all. Can we hear that from our children today? Can we hear that in their daily prayers? Can we remember the last thing that our children might have prayed for? Even if it was something as simple as, thank you for this hot dog. I like hot dogs. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm thankful for that. Our children are our greatest mission field. Take joy in the work, and you will continually be brought joy. In return. Have you all ever seen Star Wars? You know, I never thought I'd be able to work this into a lesson, but um, here we are. Uh, So the main protagonist, Darth Vader, right? He's got these two kids, Luke and Leia. They're fighting against each other constantly throughout the series. But at the end, Darth Vader realizes, hey, my kids are right. I'm in the wrong. I should right these wrongs and destroy the evil that I have become. You know, one day you could fall away. 
and your children could help bring you back to the fold. Your children could help grow you stronger. Are we listening to what our kids are telling us today? Or are we neglecting the things that they say and turn a deaf ear to them? Let's look at Matthew chapter 18 here. Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 15, the text reads, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But, excuse me, but if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. And if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall risk, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. the spirit of our elders. If you didn't see Nathan's lesson this morning, I do encourage you to go back and watch it. Not for him choking up here, but um, (laughs) um, it was really good material. I highly encourage you to go back and watch it. But are we listening to the warnings others give us in their lessons? What I am telling you tonight what Nathan told you this morning, what Jack tells you every single Sunday, what any guest preacher might say. Are we comparing the words that are taught to our Bibles? Or are we taking it for granted and trusting what they say? It can certainly lead you astray. Are we listening to the prayers that others are saying? these songs that some may be leading, the words in those songs like I mentioned. He tells us in this passage to go to your brother if you have something they have said or done you believe isn't in accordance with God's word. Then he says, if they don't listen to us, we're to try again, but bring others with us. That first bit is important. Go to them alone. You can certainly intimidate somebody by them getting the impression that they're getting ganged up on with multiple people coming at them, but you alone should go to them. It doesn't say go and gossip about it with everybody that you know. It says go to your brother. And then if they won't listen to you, if they won't listen to you plus a few others, go to the congregation and confide in them. We look out for one another 
we act in kindness and love, we cherish one another or we risk turning them away from God. I have seen examples of this in the church today, and it is real, and this can't be forgotten. Is this something that we keep at the forefront of our minds when we have issues? Or do we let our emotions get the best of us? Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and in verse 11 the text reads, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Are we listening to our brother when they have a need? Are we reaching out to them? Or are we saying the next person will do it? Someone else will reach out to them. Oh, Charlie Foxtrot, he always helps people. He'll always do it. He'll be the one to do it. We can't rely on everyone. We can't rely on the same people to do things. We need to take charge and help our brothers and sisters. We need to help build them up and encourage them. Do we do that today? Or do we find ourselves tearing them down for the betterment of ourselves, for our own entertainment? Is that something we can be better at? Certainly. And I think we can do that. We as the church are only as strong as we make those around us. And how is your prayer life today? Do you find yourselves praying daily, hourly? Do you even remember what the last prayer was that you said? The last things that you told God? You know, God tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17 to pray without ceasing. Certainly that doesn't mean that we spend all of our daily lives praying. We still got to eat. We still got to sleep. There's nothing wrong with working our jobs and focusing on that. But do we take the time that we need to to pray to God, to tell him our concerns, be thankful for the things that we have, the abilities that we have, the opportunity that we had to share God's word today? How much time do you spend talking with God? Let's look at Luke chapter 5 here. Luke chapter 5 and in verse 15. The text reads, But so much the more went there of fame abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. People spend more of their time following others, 
listening to all the hubba, the media, like Nathan pointed out this morning, and just trying to find the quick remedies, the easiest way to do things, then they would be to take a moment and tell God what their concerns are, what their issues are, the struggles that they are having, the struggles people they know are having, and, and also in conjunction, making those actions to right yourself, to fix your issues, to study God's word, to take care of yourself health-wise. But most of all, we pray to God for those things. Do we find ourselves doing that? You know, what makes it easier is, as we see in James chapter 2 and verse 26, is to build habits for yourself, and that faith without putting in the work is dead. Do we put in the work in conjunction with our faith? Without the two, we don't have a hole here. Do we have a disconnect there? Let's look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and beginning in verse 6, the text reads, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God already knows what's in your heart. He knows what's on your mind, your cares, your concerns. But have you told that to him? Have you asked for strength when you needed it and strength when you don't? What's that old saying? Always be prepared for rain. When you pray for rain, be sure to take an umbrella with you. You don't want to be caught in a rainstorm and get drenched if you don't have an umbrella. So why would you pray for something without putting the action with it? What is stopping you today from pouring your heart out to God? Are you doing that today? Can you hear yourself doing that today? Or do you hear something that may be a little less? And lastly, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 here. Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 29, the text reads, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Can you hear the words that come out of your mouth? Do we know the things that we are saying to other people and how they may affect them? Do we pause before we let the words out of our mouth? Words are hurtful. Are we taking account for that? If we train ourselves to keep God at the forefront of our minds, though, we won't ever have that fear. Reflect upon yourselves, and you can live a courageous life.
If you found this evening that your years may have hindered you in your daily Christian walk, I encourage you to come forward. Ask for prayers, ask for strength. You can do this, and we are here to help you. Or maybe you're here this evening and you've decided that you've heard God's call to you, and it is your time to put on your Lord in baptism. I encourage you to come forward as together we stand and as we sing.